Welcome to Board Game Box Office, a Table Knots podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. My name is Max, and I'm joined here today by Kenny, Jash, and Doolin. Today we're giving unsolicited advice. Kenny scoured some forums for some hot topics, and we thought to ourselves, hey, what does the world need more of? Four mostly white dudes giving you advice on things that you never asked about. But before we get into that, let's talk about the games we've been playing and the movies we've been watching. Kenny, what have you been playing lately? Well, Max, I'm thinking really hard to think of a funny joke right now, because that's what Kyle does, but he's not here. So I got a good joke. Okay, go. Kyle's internet. (laughs) Bada bing. I'm surprised Josh isn't playing a sound effect right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm surprised. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt him. Please don't. I'll do it. I'm Uh, crazy. <laughs> so I recently wrapped up uh, our campaign, not, not our, my campaign of the Scarlet Keys and the Arkham Horror LCG. Um, do you guys know what that game is? No, what is uh, it? What's I've Arkham never Horror? heard yeah, anyone talk about. I've it. never What's heard LCG? anyone talk about Arkham Horror. I hate it here. To quote Max. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I love you, but you're not serious. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. No, I liked it, but I didn't love it. That's like the three main ones. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying that about Arkham Horror. I was like, "What? Really?" Well, okay. Well, actually, for the Scarlet Keys, uh, I actually didn't like like it that much. Very the lead a bit. Um, so this is like the latest uh, campaign um, from the Arkham Horror series, um, and it's by far the most like different uh, structured game that they've had. Now, usually, it's pretty railroaded. You go through seven or eight scenarios. And they all kind of go from one to the next to the next, right? And you go through a very specific path, get a very specific story. Um, the Scar of the Keys, however, um, really throws a wrench into that because you are instead, it's almost like uh, you're going on a globetrotting adventure. Did you guys ever play um, Eldritch Horror? No. No. Okay. Well, a feature of Eldritch Horror <laughs> is you're basically playing on a big map of the world. So you could go from like, um, you know, Los Angeles all the way to Venezuela, then to like Sydney, Australia, right? Um, and the Scarlet Keys is kind of taking that design inspiration where you can okay. basically go anywhere in the, on the map. Um, and each one's going to have like a different story or t- maybe a particular scenario going on. Um, and it's all wrapped into this uh, theme of like almost like an X-Files conspiracy type thing, um, okay. which, uh, which on paper I love. Um, it's, it's like such a unique and different way to approach like the Lovecraft mythos. Um but in practice, it was pretty rough, um, mainly because like Arkham Horror has like, a lot of reading in it, which is, you know, OK, because you kind of come to expect it. But the way the, the game is structured, like if you go to, let's say, you go to Chicago, right? If you go to Chicago, you're either going to get a scenario or you're going to get like a bunch of text you have to read. Um, if you go to the next city, it's going to be some the same thing. And so the way because the game is so freeform where, where you go and how you travel around the map, you could run into... Um, scenarios where you're basically just like reading for like an hour, an hour and a half or more, and it's rough. Um, mm. And, and you, like you could have like an entire game night without actually playing the game. Um, and so that's like one of my biggest uh, criticisms of it. It's just like it's it, the, with the freeform structure, you just don't really get the chance to. It, it's just not. I guess it just doesn't have enough, enough structure. Yeah. And yeah, we had like at least a couple of times where we were just reading like different story snippets for like an hour at, at, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest experience. Uh, there's also just some other stuff too, like where 
Um, the, like the new main mechanic is just very luck driven, and yeah, it just it wasn't was not my favorite Arkham Horror experience. Um, it was just a bit of a uh, a bummer because this is a the senior designer of the game, MJ Newman. This is like her last uh, design for Arkham Horror because she's moving on to um, another property at Final uh, Fantasy Flight. So I, I appreciate like how ambitious and how big and just like how how much she went for it with this game, but it just didn't really come together for me. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely my least favorite Arkham Horror thing so far. But I will say that I think it has like probably the most replay potential but i kind of think like do i actually want to go back and replay this uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was about to ask you i was like do you think that if you played this again that this game would have potential to be really good or are you reading online that people have similar experiences no i've read online a lot of people have that same experience like it's just mm-hmm. like it's i think it's like if you go into it kind of piloting a path of like okay we're gonna hit all these things you might be able to create like a really good experience but then it also takes out a lot of the fun of arkham horror of like the unknown and the mystery so i think like you could potentially have a really good experience if like you plan it out or in ahead but if you're trying to play it like your first time through um and trying to play it, be surprised by the stories and all that stuff it may not may not happen so so that's not the one you're going to introduce us to the game with no no I, I would is this one i would probably like recommend to like most people to just just skip maybe maybe yeah. maybe get the Maybe get the investigator cards and just skip the campaign until like you really need something uh, to try out. So, right, yeah, I'm not a big reader, so that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it was pretty rough. I mean, there there is a lot of reading in the game, but like this is by far the most you've had to read like in one go. I'm mm-hmm. excited for the new expansion though. It's coming out in I don't know maybe three to six months. It's kind of like has like a vibes of like uh uh what's that the A24 horror movie that you really like. Max. Which one? Hereditary? The, the Witch? The, the other one. The Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. No. With Talk to me. Florence Pugh. Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. It has Midsummer okay. vibes to it, which I think is really cool. A24 has a lot of horror movies. Yeah, I, I, I realize that was not a great, uh, <laughs> yeah. not a great way to narrow it down. You're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. Florence Pugh helped quite a lot. This has nothing to do with Arkham Horror, but uh, right as you started talking, I took the sticker off of this cookie mix that GameFound sent us and the sticker was apparently what was holding the lid on not you know like the grooves so I dumped like half of the cookie mix on the floor and then I was trying to stop my dogs <laughs> from eating a bunch of chocolate chips um, and then I had to throw away a bunch of chocolate chips so oh, that's sad. that was fun this trauma brought to you by GameFound that's right yeah thanks <laughs> thanks GameFound <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what you been watching lately? So I finally got to add another Studio Ghibli movie to my uh, movies that I've seen. I've now seen three of them. I watched My Neighbor Totoro. You've only seen three? Uh, As of now, yes, I've only seen three. I had seen... I think I've only seen like four or five, but like, you're the anime guy. That's what they call me, I guess. Um, Why why the the not uh, Ghibli? I, I I'm not anti Ghibli. I like he's them. too busy just... building robots in his bedroom. That's true. Not toy ones either, real ones. We'll get to that some <laughs> other time. Um, I had seen uh, Princess Mononoke, which is my favorite still. Um, and then I saw Spirited Away uh, last year, I think. And well, I had seen um, 
<clears throat> bits and pieces of it when I was younger, but never all at once. And then I finally sat down and watched Totoro. And I liked it a lot. It was very cute. Uh, having, like, spent a lot of time in Japan, there are, like, cultural things that just, like, make me smile when I watch Wait, you've been to Japan? There. Yeah, for, like, a day or two. <laughs> um, and one thing that really surprised me about the movie was it was a lot more, like, <clears throat> grounded in reality than I thought it was going to be going into it, because I knew this was the movie with the big... Totoro bunny guy, whatever he's supposed to be. Yeah, and Cat Bus. I thought they were it's gonna be more like spirited away where like they go into this world, but it's more about just like childhood wonder and like the stuff that kids come up with to cope with like trauma that's happening around them. Um, but right. it was very cute and a whole lot of fun. And I don't know if it's uh if it's overtaken Mononoke for me, but I th- think i liked it more than spirited away so i think it's sitting uh in the middle right now of the three that's That's, crazy that's not a high bar so uh, (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i bet Totoro will rise for you as you especially if you see have a when you have your your kid yeah Um, because it is is by far i think like the most like kid friendly of the um studio ghibli movies so like it's one Mm -hmm. you can probably introduce pretty early to them i feel like kiki's is too and patio though uh yeah, but Ponyo's so weird. Um, it, I like Ponyo. I do too, but Ponyo just is like it's just like you you watch and you go, what did I just watch? Right, but maybe yeah, that's I mean that's kids, fair. Maybe the kids are into that. But like those storm scenes are gorgeous. But I mean, I I feel like okay, if you if you show that Ponyo to a kid, you're probably gonna alter some precious DNA chemical in their brain to, <laughs> that are gonna be forever changed by. Well, I've weirdness. already done that, so <laughs> he he had his kids watch Possession, so. <laughs> yeah, they gave it three stars at least. Darcy really liked it. Are you sure they didn't say three scars? Yeah, I'm glad you liked Totoro. It's one of our favorites for sure. Um, it, it's just I think like I, one thing I do love about it. You mentioned the culture. It's just the the aspect of like Japanese rural rural rural. rural oh God, it's so hard to say. Right? Rural 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 life. Rural. Yeah. Rural. Um, yeah, I, you've been in Kentucky long enough. You can rural, just—it's just two rural, syllables. Rural, yeah, rural, rural. Yeah. rural. Right. And the the area of Japan that I lived in was a little bit more of a rural area. And I actually like. There's a part where they're going by and people are like planting rice in the field, and I got to do that once while I was there. Um, so I just thought that that was really neat. And um, I also thought it was interesting. Like, the movie feels like it takes place over a couple of days, but it actually takes place over a couple of months. Every time you mm. see the um, the mom's hospital room, the calendar is one month forward. And so, like, during the different seasons, there's just, like, little subtle things. Like, um, once it hits the summer months, you start hearing cicadas in the background, which is very stereotypical of, like, anything in the summer and, like, uh, anything set in Japan during the summer. So once it hit there, I, I started listening for them, and then they, they were there, and I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, Totoro is really great. I don't know where it sits in my rankings. I was about to ask. I know you already gave yours, Josh. Kenny, what's your favorite? Ghibli. Um, I really like Spirited Away, and I was like Totoro. I think like I like Spirited Away for me. I like Totoro for like for family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I still think I personally think it's probably between Kiki's and Spirited Away for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've still not seen a lot. I've not seen Mononoke, but 
Uh, I've seen quite a few of them. I'm so stoked but, uh, to yeah. rewatch Mononoke for our list. Yeah, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. And then we can talk more Ghibli. Yeah. Have you have you even watched Ghibli movie? Dylan? I've seen Spirited Away, and I was not really a fan. I like that he, Max he liked hated it as it. much as he did. He hated it. I I think that was not my, really like, a fan is being is being generous. <laughs> I I will say that most of the hate came from Jeff, and I simply said I like how much Max likes it. <laughs> I think that was Listen, my exact words. Okay, we had a movie club with that, me, Danielle, Kyle, Jeff, Jamie, Doolin, Emily. That everybody built on Josh, except for me and Emily. So. Josh was there too. For, uh, for like two movies. <laughs> yeah. But I was really I hopeful that like he'd be my backup for Spirited Away. And when it came around, Jash didn't watch it. And I loved it. And I think every like Doolin, I mean Kyle and Danielle were like, meh. And you two and Jamie and Jeff just hated it. Like <laughs> one of the worst movies you've ever seen, kind of stuff. And that's just mind-boggling to me. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I get that either. I mean, it, it is like a weird trip of a movie, but I think, I don't know, it's just also just so beautiful. And I think like the themes and the symbolism they're going for still hit, you know? But, yeah, I think the problem was is I just didn't get the symbolism. And I feel like the mo- for the most part, the movie is extremely symbolic of things mm-hmm. that I just don't get. So uh, it was just very odd the whole way through, and I didn't really feel... Like there was much of a plot, but that's me. But anyway, I'm I'm going to talk about a game uh, that we were sent by the lovely people at Mysterious Package Company, um, and they reached out, asked us if we wanted to play this uh, thing that was about to go out on Kickstarter. That it is a mystery game, and uh, you guys, I mean, as much as uh, any of us can be known for liking this genre, I think me and Emily are probably the the highest out of our crew. Um, you like mystery games as much as I like tentacle porn. Yes, exactly. 100%. If, if we had to pick one table knot who had to solve my grisly murder, it would be you and Emily. So, yes. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. two table knots. Yeah, I was going to say that's two. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, or I, I played this because Emily has been sick, and uh, I did that today, actually, and... Started at 11, finished around 1, and was really, really ple- uh, like pleasantly surprised with the experience I had. Um, it was still like prototype stuff. So, like the box was like unrecognizable by the end of it. Like it, it's pretty much just paper um, <laughs> or made from paper. And so like from that, if I was judging a book by its cover, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be rough. Um, but... It had some, like, I think it could be a good mystery game now um, because there's so many options. You need to stand out. And their standout thing um, is they approach it from the standpoint that you are also uh, performing an autopsy as you go. So, like, you got to solve this murder, but at the same time, you have to perform the autopsy. And it kind of teaches you about, like, some of those things, like whether or not that's actually real or not. I don't know. But, like, uh, it was telling us about, like, the like oh the different types these different types of marks mean uh it was a laceration from uh somebody's nails whereas this one is more like a knife or like this one could be from somebody who weighed this much and like it was it was really cool because um as i was opening up these files of evidence 
um, it would also give me a new piece to the autopsy where I had to actually take this giant uh, board and cut it open uh, and find new pieces. And that was really, really neat. And it all led to the eventual conclusion, which uh, you, you had to answer like all of these questions as best as you could. And then you opened up this file and found out how, how good you did, which I have said uh, on Table Knots before is my least favorite way uh, for these games. And it's actually the most common way that these games play out. Like, I'm not going to like say this one's bad because of it. Uh, but I don't like that after two or three hours of play um, that you open up this file with your guess. And if you're wildly off, you don't get to keep going and try to find it. You just know the answer and then it's over uh, because it's a one and done game. And so like at that point, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth because you're like, ah, I want to find it. I don't want to just be told. And Max, Max had this <laughs> brilliant idea uh, to just take a picture of it blindly and send it to a friend <laughs> and then send them your answers. And then they can tell you whether or not you're off or uh, whether or not you got it and you can finish your play. So I, I think I'm going to adapt that from now on for those types of games. But mm -hmm. um, this was a very, very good game. I don't know how soon this podcast episode is out, but there's a chance that it might still be on Kickstarter. And so it will be. Okay, yeah, cool. This should be out Tuesday. Uh, the Kickstarter runs until Thursday. Okay, so cool. you should have two days after the airing of this episode to continue to back that. Well, if you are into mystery games, I think this one, I was looking at the price of it. It seems like for what all of like the Kickstarter goodness they're going to give, uh, this would be a good uh, backing if you're into mystery games. So I liked it a lot. I, I know that, I mean, have many of you guys even played, like, are you guys into that genre of game, really? Love Awkward Guests, love Decrypt or Cryptid, but like I've never actually played like a one of the ones like an escape room or anything like that. Yeah. Not not personally. I do. Mm -hmm. I quite I like I really liked Unlocked and like the other one that uh Exit. Cos Exit, yeah. I quite like really? those two. Hmm? I, I, I I don't know if I'd play like a big one like this. I will I mm. I I do have like the air of Frankenstein or the, the newest one from Yeah, yeah, that one looks cool. Wonder. Yeah. That I was gonna play with my wife, but I haven't broached it. I haven't broken it out yet, but I, I I do find them super satisfying. Like it's just like uh, a great game to kind of bring out. You can just, like you can show it to anyone, right? Because mm. everyone kind of gets the concept of like solve this puzzle. We have so much time to do it, right? Yeah, I'm actually not like my experience with exit games has been like lackluster. Mm -hmm. Um, mainly comparing them to these that are like much more interesting. They bigger, have like yeah. bigger pieces and like they have props and like have they have actual like physical puzzles and stuff um as opposed to those so i would be interested to play one with you guys at some point but uh we'll see i maybe maybe they'll send us another one that'd be, that'd be yeah. really cool <laughs> no this one looked a lot cooler than i expected it to um I, I i get what you were saying too and we have to always take that into account with prototypes because sometimes they are very shoddy and like that's that's fine. It's a prototype. It doesn't need to be super well made. Uh, but it, you know, it it does come into play when you're considering it. And so I'm glad that you know under the box there was a a very good game there. And you sent us a picture of it when you were completed, and it looked really cool. Like I didn't even know about like to the extent of what it meant as far as like autopsy and yeah, whatnot. Me, like, yeah, that's the so body cool. thing is so cool. Like I I was, I I was hooked looking at that. I'm like I want to do this absolutely. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately though there will be people that that is like an immediate turn off they're yeah. just like mm -hmm. no thank you like trigger warning <laughs> uh cutting 
people open yeah, <laughs> like uh, yeah. if it's not for you stay away from that but I, if you like the sound of that personally i love cutting people open so <laughs> i i think like for me i'm i'm really bad with blood in person in real life and i was just so excited that like oh there's gonna be i'm allowed to do this like there, that that part of me came out where i was like i need to cut this open like i i shouldn't be using scissors around a board game like that was it was really neat though to be able to do right. that and there be something underneath that like adds to the puzzle yeah that's really cool i'm glad you enjoyed it so definitely make sure you check it out on kickstarter if you're listening to this in the first couple of days after it's been released uh, otherwise maybe they'll do a late pledge manager who knows but keep an eye out for body of evidence and then we all played right we all played all, all of us, us yeah all four of us played eclipse Second yeah. dawn for the galaxy. <laughs> I hate everything. Uh, one of us had... didn't, and the uh, another one of us wishes they hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> but two True. of us had a great time. Two of oh, us had no. a very good time. Am I right, Doolin? It was fun. It was awesome. <laughs> this is a uh, big, like, 4X type game. A lot of people compare it to Twilight Imperium, though. They're very different games. It's it can be said that maybe it's similar, but without any of the negotiation, so it's a much shorter experience. But it's really much more mechanical, like relies on the tech trees and the building of your ship and how you use that to navigate the solar system and whether you decide to push for points in one way or push for points by colonizing, much like Doolin. Uh, but really, it's a game that kind of allows you to do whatever you want. And I think at least for Doolin and I, we both leaned into our faction strengths, me being someone who focused more on tech and Doolin being someone who focused primarily on destruction. Uh, and that must mean that Kenny's clan strength was like doing poorly. Dying. He really focused on that. <laughs> yeah, dying. That, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time with it. I think we were both intimidated by it. At least Doolin and I, Kenny's played this before. Um, and <laughs> Kenny set up the board. And he was like, I may have overestimated my ability to teach this. And we were like, okay, <laughs> here we're in for, a, it was like 10 o'clock at night already. We were like, <laughs> like, what are we in for? But ultimately like the game itself was really oh, pretty so simple. Good. Yeah. Like you got to learn what's going on. Cause there's quite a few things going on. And of course there were questions to be had the entire time, but like for the most part, pretty simple game for like the experience it provides because it was super fun i loved it i had a blast like upgrading my ship and of course i had a blast being like Doolin, we can just go wipe kenny off the board if we want <laughs> <laughs> so that certainly added to it it was a lot of fun uh What's yeah the I was opposite of king making um, uh queen lose queen destroying queen, queen killing <laughs> Queen killing. Pond slaying. Yeah. Noob crushing. <laughs> Kenny crushing. Yeah, so I'll, I will say, this This is the game. So I played, uh, actually played just like it maybe a, a week ago. It is a game. <laughs> um, this is only my second game of, of Eclipse. And this this is, this is game like really popped out. Like There's a pretty strong luck element in the game. Uh, so like my, my, I, just, I did really poorly. Like I own like three little sectors at, at the very end. Well, Max and Dylan probably had like 11, 12 each. Um, I don't know about that many, but <laughs> it felt it felt like it. It felt like it. Um, and I, I think what happened to me is like I had like bad tile flips, where basically I was just really surrounded by like all the um, the gray enemies, the NPC enemies, 
Um, so like I didn't really, I couldn't really advance and forward and get like those free resources that you can kind of get early on in the game. And I just lost all my fights, which, you know, probably is on me a bit for not speculating. on I was going to say, but, I think there's a skill issue at hand here. Oh, wow. <laughs> is this, is this, can this just make Kenny feel bad podcast? Cause Listen, Kenny, uh, this they're, they're, is our 27th podcast, so I am 26 in of experiencing this. You weren't there for one episode, Max. Okay, 25. I also don't know if this is our 27th episode. I have no idea. I'm just making up a number. Um, but, you know, even though I did get crushed, like, you know, I, there's probably like one third of the way through the game. After, like, I lost my first big cruiser, I was like, oh, there's no coming back from this. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Um, I think it's just because, you know, it's just, I still love, like, upgrading the ship and exploring and um, all that stuff. It's still, I think it's like a sandbox game where you can kind of try to figure out your own. Uh, mm-hmm. figure out your fun right so, so like i think for Doolin, it was like basically destroying like the big death star thing in the middle of the board heck yeah and, um and i think like you can kind of figure out your own objective of like what you want to do and it, it might it'll probably get you points and if you want to be real competitive you can really dig into the mechanics of it to um be real try hard about it as well yeah i was actually worried that it would be and i do think that's a fair complaint kenny to be fair is that it's a bit luck dependent especially on the tile draws and my first couple tile draws sucked too. At least I thought they did. Um, I was very unhappy with my first few pulls. Uh, but I do think that, like, ultimately, and of course it's hindsight speaking, but like, I feel like had you slightly prepared for the battle more, you would have been okay. And I'm not, that's not a detriment to you. I'm not slighting you with that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that, you know, the bad tile draws were, were the end all be all of how that went necessarily. Um, but I do think that that is a fair complaint that there is sort of luck baked into it and you can ultimately just have a bad time. I wonder if maybe like a draw two, use one and then shuffle the tiles back in would just be an that's, easy thing to do. That's actually one of the other races abilities. Like they, they draw. Two oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, oh, then wow. you'd have to make that race like draw three or draw four, <laughs> pull one if you if you house rule it otherwise. But we're all that race at the same time as being another race. <laughs> yes, that's on right. this that's right on this glorious day. I'll I'll say really quickly that my favorite thing about this game for sure, um, really really two things uh stand out to me about it. But one especially is the building up of your ships. So like just like a lot of these other games that we'll talk about, like you have your different types of ships that you can build and throw out but these ships get stronger as the game goes on and you research and you upgrade them and there's little spots on them that require energy in order to uh, actually be able to use these bigger and better things but uh, you can upgrade your engines you can upgrade how fat far they can move how what dice they use like all of these different things and it's really really fun um, being able to have that um, type of I guess uh, control over what my ships do and what they are capable yes. of um and then on top of that i also just love like as a person who um especially when i'm sitting around a table for like a two-hour game um i i love these kinds of games when i can be like aggressive but like there's also a part of me that never wants to do that against my friends <laughs> and like cause awkwardness and get excited when I destroy things because I want to like I want to celebrate every time I destroy something I'm like yes but I know that there's a person across the table that's going to be like I hate I hate Doolin uh, whereas in this game there's a whole lot of space pirates that you can go and uh, wipe out and destroy and like very early on because I realized I was the war faction 
I was just going to destroy as many space pirates as I could because I actually get rewarded even for just doing that. And um, that was super fun. And I think you said that that aspect actually gets taken back a little bit. The more players are playing, but like uh, with just three, I got to do that basically the whole game and still have a really good time and be very, very aggressive. But uh, like never really went for you guys, even though I could have like at some point if I wanted to, which maybe in a a future game we'll play more aggressive with each other. But yeah, I really like the third party ships for every reason you said, but just want to enforce that. I also very much enjoyed that aspect of the game. Can you, I know this was a rough play for you, but like you're still, you're still high on it. You're still excited about it. But yeah, I love it. I would definitely play it again. I'd probably pick a different faction. I think Kyle was saying like, this is the red, the red faction is one of the harder ones to play or they're one of the weaker ones. So, he was just saying that to be nice. Oh shit! Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe I hate this game then. He DM'd me. You told me, so don't worry. <laughs> he he DM'd me, and he's like, "I don't know what Kenny's talking about. That's the most powerful faction in the game." <laughs> yeah. I mean, my friends say we can't use them. Yeah, they're literally banned. Uh, I'm excited to bring it out again. Um, I, I I think like I really appreciate like how quick it is to set up. Um, how quick it is to tear down for being such a big game. And like, I think like the, and I, I appreciate those game the, trays or whatever. Those game trays so are amazing. helpful. Yeah. Usually game trays can be real hard to miss, but this is one that's like really, really well designed. Um, and I also really just like that it was for how big of a game it is. Just play so quick. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we got, yeah. I think we like, if we knew the rules and didn't have to do the rules teach and stuff and we knew the setup to, to make it quicker, we could probably knock that out like in two hours. So yeah, completely agreed. And a lot of the actions, like the research and the upgrade, you can be like, "I'm researching." You can go ahead and take your turn, Kenny. Yeah. Like you can just pass it along, or I'm upgrading. Go ahead and take your turn, Max. And yeah, I think that was great. It moved way faster than I expected it to. Uh, I was a big fan for sure. What did you think of it, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was last time, but I feel like both of the times I've had to miss most recently, you guys were like, "Let's pull out the game." Josh would definitely want to play with us right now. <laughs> Next time you're gone, we're going to play uh, Eclipse and Terrascape. Yeah, and you're going to break into my house and steal we're Millennium gonna... Blades and play it without me. <laughs> I was literally I was literally about to say we're going to break into your house and play that sushi board game. Ooh, I yeah, still need to boat. bring that to the table. I, I haven't learned yeah, it I really, yet. I, I still really need to. That. Yeah, that'd I be heard fun. it's good. All righty, Kenny. It's time for our... I'm sorry, Ken. I apologize. Alrighty, Ken. I'm just Ken. It's time for our featured topic, and uh, you're you're heading this because we don't really know what's even about to what's even about to head our way. Yeah, so this is called unsolicited advice, where we, the Table Knots crew, give advice to people who didn't ask for it. Um, so I I have scoured the internet and it's just my, another Thursday. Yeah, well, true. Um, <laughs> usually Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have scoured the internet and by the internet, I mean Reddit and I've went to specific places and typed in advice in the search bar to see what it pulls up. And this is, these are some questions I have for you. Um, so I'm going to read you the blurb for each of the topics and then we're just going to give them advice. Okay. We're going to dole out our, our open wisdom. forum. Yes. All right. So do you guys want to start with movies or games? Let's start with a game. We're on the topic of games. So the topic is, gaming with a newborn, any advice? I'm about 18 months into the hobby. It has become one of my favorite things to do with my wife, and I feel like I have a decent mix of good games. We're awaiting our baby's arrival any day now, and our ability to play has massively reduced. Very understandably, my wife finds it hard to have the energy to play games at the moment, but we are getting 
uh, the odd game in. This made me think, does anyone have any advice on how we can still keep this amazing hobby part of our lives with a new baby? Are there any type of game you'd recommend? Do I just need to park it for a while? Before you extrapolated on that, I was just going to be like, don't play with the newborn. That's, <laughs> that's, an, that's uh, a terrible like, idea. I don't Maybe like Candyland? <laughs> nope, nope. They would just eat the pieces. Yeah, I that's not good, good. I think a good way to establish dominance with a, with a newborn is just bring it to your house. Set them up in a to a table of a TI4 in their high chair. They can't even use high chairs at that point. And just, no, uh, they can't just, even hold yeah. their necks up. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them in the deep end. Kenny, I'm curious your answer with this one, because I guess Doolin and Jash can't really I was going to say, are we, but really are we supposed to, to be giving serious advice? or yeah, That's up to you. Serious, yeah, unhelpful, funny, okay. whatever. I want to give slightly serious advice for this one. But I want Kenny to hopefully have a, a another opinion, because to be quite frank, I don't know how you keep up the hobby with with uh, with your partner and a newborn because as someone with four kids, I don't know the last time I've played a board game with Danielle like in our home. When we've gone on vacation and it's just been like us two in an Airbnb, like sure. But as far as in our home, I can't remember the last night right, that we right, sat down right. and played. I have a board an idea. Game. I have an idea. Okay. So you know how like um Jash, you're not allowed to answer this one because you wrote this one, right? <laughs> I need I need help. <laughs> but you know, it, it's good because if I write my questions out loud, sometimes I can think of answers. And um, you know how we do um like BGA async and a lot of board game apps async, which that in itself could be an answer. But what if you like had a table set up and you did async like IRL? <laughs> that just... works if you only have a newborn. Soon as you get a toddler, that does no that That's, no longer works. The question's newborn, right? I know. I'm just speaking to my experience as someone with multiple children. That that will work for the newborn, yeah. But also, I think you dem- you lose a lot of what they are probably wanting from the hobby. Like playing directly with your partner is much more fun than just taking random turns throughout the day and not even seeing them at the table. Yeah, I feel like once you, you're probably like at the six month mark, that won't that won't fly anymore. Um, or maybe even earlier. I don't know. Um, so I'll say I, I think, I think after you have your first kid, like it's just, you're done for at least for me when I had Ellie, it was, we were done. I was done playing games for like a month or two, maybe three. I just didn't, I just, That's didn't it. I mean, well, I mean not just with my, with uh, my wife, but just in general. Um, oh, in general, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. But like when you when you had uh, Noah, I was amazed. That, like there's we didn't skip a beat. I figured, okay, well, Max is probably gonna be out for like at least a week or two, maybe more. By um, the seventh no. kid, you know, it's just like routine. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I mean, that, you that teach makes sense. the others how to take care of the baby. Yeah, <laughs> or that's just, a, or just a test, or it's just a testament to Danielle and how awesome she is. But yeah, we didn't that's skip true. a beat. We didn't miss a week or anything like that. Um so yeah which is generally advice for me is have a like gaming group um outside like i gen- it's not a good answer but when you have a newborn gaming with your partner is going to be very difficult like games like lost cities or something i can see you pulling that out when the baby's asleep in the bassinet by the bed but babies don't sleep that long when they're newborns so like you can't play a long game so really it doesn't help playing with your partner but having a dedicated game group to escape to every once in a while is just how you stay in, t- in tune with the hobby. Because, uh, like, genuinely, if we didn't have our dedicated game group, I would be lost 
because we play games every Tuesday, and that's about the only time I ever play board games, like, is on Tuesdays when you all come over. Other than that, that's about it. That's about it for me. So if you're trying to stay on top of playing games and keep your energy inside the hobby, I think you have to just schedule something out. But unfortunately, for a little while at least, you're probably not getting a lot of gaming in with your partner. Well, here's the thing. As a person who's never had a child, I feel like I'm super qualified to answer this question. <laughs> Let's go. I think I think it should only increase your playtime uh, with your partner. So, I, you know, most of the time, most of the time people have baby leave. And so just you're at home all the time. What else are you going to do? You're going to play a board game together. And so, maybe in European countries, <laughs> but this is America. <laughs> uh, we don't well, all get maternity and paternity leave here. Well, either, either way, either way, either way. Even without all of that, uh, there's a thing called a papoose that you wear and you just wear the kid right here on your Is chest. that the Honduran thing with the like made of corn with like beans and cheese in it? Anyway, um... What I'm saying is uh, you play a game that requires cards and everybody knows that legendary baby grip. Um, you can now play a game free handed and have them hold the cards right here. But they're going straight playing. into the mouth every single time. I, nope. That's what I was going to say. If, you, oh, yeah. if you're playing a legacy game like Gloomhaven and it tells you to tear up a card, give that to the baby. Perfect. <laughs> then the Fair baby up. can play with you. And you're stimulating the, their senses too. Yeah. Hand eye coordination. Easy answer for keeping them from eating it. You tie their mouth up to where they can't they can't use their mouth. That's You're, easy. Someone's listening to this and is like uh, adding Joshua Doolin to the list. <laughs> <laughs> of no longer capable of yeah. babysitting. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. He's, the, he's the godfather of one of my children. I'm in trouble. Well, Noah's, Noah's fine. Noah's, Noah will be fine. We'll, we'll, Noah will play lots of games with us and hold the cards for me. Yeah. I was going to say, like, like seriously, though, like apps, you know, board game arena, uh, you can play Root. We've been really into the beta of Mythic Mischief. Uh, there are tons of, like, still good gaming experiences that aren't, like, one-to-one, but, like, digitally, they're still pretty good, and you can play them a little bit more casually. Or you can play them casually, yet they still take up hours of the day somehow. Yeah, when, I, when we had Ellie... Um... I I basically played one game for two years, uh, one video like on my phone, and that was the uh, like Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> I was super into that game for like a good year and a half because it was like that's what you play when you have like five minutes uh, when you're trying to put a kid to sleep. So um, I, that's actually very good advice. Just look look towards your phone. Games you can play on your phone, easy. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. All right, Kenny, what's next? So we're going to move over to movies, and the next question is, I, well, next next topic is, I really want to see more horror movies, but I'm a le- legit terrified of them. I love movies, but when I say I hate horror movies, it's not because I think they're bad. It's because I'm a coward, and some of them legitimately terrify me. And, but then there are movies like It, creepy, and settling yet rich in lore. I read so much on the lore behind It that I truly, truly want to see it for myself, yet I can't seem to push myself to sit down and watch the movie. I'm too scared. I've seen some of the jump scares and scary scenes back when they were leaked on Instagram and Twitter, but I'm still too much of a coward to go out, rent the movie, and watch it in the comfort of my own home. Have any of you been in my shoes and then been able to get into the genre? What changed? I actually, like, not necessarily with movies, but, like, with video games, I relate to this a lot. Like, I, for the longest time, was like, I love scary games, 
and I love watching other people play them, but not like let's players, like being in a room with someone and then playing and me being like curled up and like peeking up. <laughs> um, just cause I liked the story of them a lot. Um, so I can definitely relate to this as far as advice. Number one, you just got to bring a big wet diaper with you. <laughs> why? Why pre-wet? <laughs> it was raining outside on the way to the theater. All right. I, I actually have been in this person's shoes. Um, and that's weird. That's probably why they're so terrified. Someone broke into their house, stepped into their shoes. Were their shoes no, wet I, too? I used to be a person who had just vehement, was vehemently opposed to watching scary movies. And I, I think, it was because of an experience I had with the movie uh, Sinister. Uh, like Sinister for, was the last scary movie I watched for a long time um, because of jump scares, because of just like absolute like freaking out. And I've, I just learned that I don't like jump scare movies, really. Yeah. Um, but I love like specifically old horror. Uh, I, and I think that's a good place to start is develop a love for like really, really old classic horror uh, like if you watch uh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, you're not going to get scared like at all. There's almost not like anything that scared people back then is not scary now. Uh, and then just work your way up. And that's exactly what I did uh, actually during the pandemic. Emily and I was like, well, let's get into it. And we watched all like the classic horror films that we could find between 19, like 30, 40, all the way up through like the 80s. And then since then, I've been way more open to uh, actually watching uh, like modern horror. But I think still to this day, I still dislike the jump scare. And if a movie relies on that for its horror, I actually think that that's lazy. Um, but like good horror that's like just gets you like freaked out and tense is really good. Uh, and it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to agree with you or I was going to mention the same thing rather. And I will agree with you. I think if you go back and like work yourself up, that's a very good way to do that by watching, you know, Psycho, by watching Suspiria, Possession even. I mean, you could say what you want about it, but it's not a scary movie. It's really not even horror, but like it'll still give you elements to kind of push you in that direction. A lot of older horror, even like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is still like considered to be one of the greats of all time, isn't really particularly scary. Uh, and you know, it may scare you a little, but I don't think it's going to strike you the same way as some newer movies may, which even if they're not as good, often have just a lot more frightening moments in it because of the way that we've advanced in technology and able to make things look at this point in time. So yeah, totally agreed. Working yourself up to scary movies is a good thing to do. And, uh, having like watch parties is another recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't do it by yourself. Yeah. If you're watching Skinamarink at 1am and a pitch black room by yourself you you might crap yourself if you end up connecting with it are you speaking from but experience no no fortunately <laughs> not but the on the other hand if you're watching it with like that's why that's why i brought a wet diaper if you're watching it with like four other people though like parts of scary movies are funny like people will laugh at certain elements and just having other people or the release of fear can be done through laughter, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the your anxiety. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's yeah, it's just one of those things. I think that uh, watching it with groups really helps make you feel safe. <laughs> like you may still get scared, but you're with your friends or your family. And, and there's so a chance just, other you, people will get murdered before you. 
Right, 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 right. Yeah, you don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be faster than the slowest. Or be good at tripping. Invite somebody that you know is slower than you. Invite somebody who you know murders people. (laughs) And then you'll be the most prepared one. That's true. (laughs) You'll know it's coming. Uh, My advice, this is very serious, but marry someone who loves horror movies and they make you watch horror movies. And if you don't watch the horror movies, they might divorce you. So you have to watch them. All of them. Um, and then eventually you'll reach a point like where it's just like they don't face you that much. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think you just described Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Kenny, I feel like you always like you always are scared of the movies, though. Uh, it's just Every time me- I'm like, have you seen this? He's like, no, nah, I have no interest. But Amber told me all about it. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we're talking about two specific movies. Midsummer Hereditary. I still want to watch. You know what but I mean? They're like some of the best. I I know. I I think I'm I'm but warming up to Midsummer. Hereditary is not bad. Hereditary it, it's, is it really great. Wouldn't scare you that much? Uh, I don't know about that. You won't watch Skinnamarink either. I don't. I I'm watching that. Uh, my due to principles. So watch watch most of Hereditary and then the last like 20 minutes watch with us. No, and we'll hold your hand. No. Oh, with us. Okay, I see what you're saying. I was, you, I was like, Max was like, what's with us? Yeah, I thought you were telling him to stop watching because the ending was bad or something. No, I was no, like, no, no, no Hereditary no. is great. Midsummer is broad daylight. Like, everything happens in pitch brightness. Is that a thing? Pitch brightness? <laughs> pitch brightness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I think we're actually going to do a horror movie like watch list Amber yes. for October. And I think we're going to, yes, I'm going to probably put on midsummer and hereditary into this. Yes. Mostly. So Max stops giving me shit. I'm not going to put yes. skin rank on though. No, I'm into okay. it. I, I think I'm, I'm anti skin and rank as well. Okay. I'll put so, skin rank on the list then. So for somebody's got to do it for someone like the person who wrote this, what would be some good intro horror movies for them? <laughs> Kenny just found my Reddit and is going through my questions. Do you remember when we found each other on Reddit, Josh? Yeah, dude. Well, you post as table knots all the time, so. But this was like years ago. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, it was just on the board game subreddit pre table knots. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, we found each other. It's a small, small world out there. We found each Were other. You guys um, arguing about something? Yeah, he told me that. My diaper wasn't wet enough. <laughs> it got removed for not being related to board games. Yeah. Um, I, what was I your mean, question? What Movie recommendations for someone in did this. Did we not just give like 40? Well, that's what I think. I think Dylan and I at least did. Just talking about like older movies that don't really hold up as scary. Like they hold up as good movies, but not particularly scary. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good way to get you in the mindset. So like, for example, Psycho, uh, Suspiria. One, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, stuff like that, which are really great films, but not overly jump scary and terrifying. So I think those would be good recommendations. I think if you want to start with like the most unscary, but classic, go with the Universal Monsters. Like all of those like really old ones are they're fun. Like I, I, I genuinely enjoyed going through them, but they aren't scary at all. And I'll say that the in this question they specifically listed it. I think they're talking about the newest movie. Yeah, just don't want to hit yet. 
or watch well, the old it i'll say like it isn't that scary um it really has like a feel of like something like the Goonies in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think it, I think that that kind of tempers the the horror and the the dread you might feel. So it's it's really not that bad of a movie. There there are jump scares, but Quit being a little, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Just just watch some older movies to get your like water wings on, and then you'll float too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll float here, that yeah. was really good. That was good, Jack. That was good. That was the Columbus best. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. No one gets that. <laughs> no but one it was gets for that. you guys. That was a joke for you guys. <laughs> All right, Kenny, what's next? The next question is advice needed off topic conversations around the table. Jash wrote this too, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> or we actually put, we probably wrote this about Josh. Um, Uh-oh. This is I enjoy. <laughs> True. <laughs> I enjoy playing heavy crunch games, but I have a problem when I play with some people and some combination of people that I could use help articulating and troubleshooting. The problem is the curious when off-topic conversations are going on when I'm taking my turn and trying to make decisions or wrestling with oh analysis paralysis. I find that especially if those conversations are allowed, I can't do them out. I may be even pulled into them, but usually I won't, but they will still be considerably they will still add considerably to my cognitive load which is frustrating for me and slows me down, which is frustrating for both me and everyone else. Um, does this experience sound familiar to anyone else? Do you have any recommendations? Let's yes. say it together, Doolin. What? Oh, I don't know. What, we're gonna, what are we going to say together? Get over it. <laughs> I was literally thinking get over yourself. Can I, can, can, I, can I just say, don't play board games with people. <laughs> like, like, if, you don't wanna, if you don't want people around the table to be having a good time, and having conversations, then you're in the wrong hobby. Go play video games by solo, yourself. Solo board Go play games. solo board games. Just do anything else. If the problem is the enjoyment that people are having around the table as they connect with each other, then you're in the wrong hobby. Get out of here. I really thought this question was going to be uh, people are talking like we're, we're having too much fun conversation at the table that the game's taking too long. And I was going to be like, you know what? I get it. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I get it. But then it was People are talking during my turn. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) get over yourself. Just good. (laughs) Especially if it sounds like this person has analysis paralysis. You're just expecting people to sit there quietly in silence for 15 minutes while you take your dang castles Uh, of Burgundy turn. I would have done better on my turn if Jesh wasn't talking about Pokemon. Yeah. (laughs) If if we talk about Lion King during TI4, Kyle is going to be pissed. (laughs) <laughs> he's already mad we didn't let him pick the lions <laughs> we thought that was best for the table I just want to say I am so glad that like we are like we game with our friends like I can't imagine gaming with people on the reg that I don't like like I see posts yeah Kenny on- how is that <laughs> I see posts on Reddit all the time, uh, especially like specifically on like the D and D subreddit, where they're talking about like how to address things at their table, and I'm like, are these people not your friends? Like, yeah. do you not know how to talk to each other about what's going um, on? I have one legitimate piece of advice for this person, and it's um never. Oh, ever... all of our advice were legitimate so far. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, my advice is to never ever play games with me or any other person in table nuts. We will say no, and uh, you won't have a good time. Especially I, if you I, look at me and tell me not to talk while it's your turn. Okay, um, I I'm have going to be like, yes, I will. I have. Oh, go I play. Have uh, what's Alice is missing? Go play. Alice oh, is missing. Go play the crew. 
Yeah, there you go. Download the new Mythic Mischief app and play Async. Perfect game for you. Is is Ivy Studios paying you, Jash? Because that's been your answer for every single (laughs) one so far. I get scared during movies. You should play the Mythic Mischief app. Yeah, play it on your phone. When it gets really scary, just pull out Mythic Mischief and start doing your turn. That reminds me of... In 2013, I was I've been dating Danielle for a couple years by now, but we went to the movie theaters to see the Evil Dead remake. Uh, and she's not like she doesn't hate scary movies; she doesn't like them either. But for some reason, the Evil Dead remake it it is a very gory movie. Uh, and she took my hoodie and hid under it and played Minesweeper on her phone the entire <laughs> runtime. Great game. She was just like, I am not watching this. Uh, you know, I've actually done that too. Um, what? I didn't take my wife's hoodie. You played Minesweeper under a hoodie? Here under in my head. hoodie? On Max's yeah, phone? Yeah. I, was, I was right behind you guys. It was really weird. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> no, but I remember seeing, I think it was in the first Insidious. And like, I think it was just like the last 20 minutes was just too much for me. Oh yeah, that and is I, a scary and I, film. And I checked out. And so no. I was just well, in, in the theater. I, I was on my phone just uh, reading a book, I think. Um, <laughs> while the rest of the movie finished out, Bruh. I just, I just could not hang. Um, I, yeah. And that was at the point, like when my horror anxiety was really high. Um, it was, it didn't, it didn't take a lot for me to get triggered and just like, I, I'm, I'm out. Um, since then I, I've, I've recovered and I'm a lot better about it. So the end of that film is scary. This is a good, I need to rewatch it. This is a good time to say, I love being scared and I love horror movies. So if you're listening to this, join our discord. Head over to the board game box office or movies and TV channel and tell me your like scariest movie recommendations because I want to know and want to watch some of them. Man, have you seen Ghost Rider? The one with Nick Cage? Yeah. Unfortunately. That scared me when I was a kid. Did it really? What? What is wrong horror with elements you? in there? The villain's like Is that when the you started using devil. your diaper? <laughs> Kenny, my question for you is uh jash i and max's answer to this question about uh people talking during turns do you think that we're way off base with us being really aggressive towards this person or do you agree with us uh i do but i also think that like if people are talking if you want an experience of playing like heavy crunchy heroes and you do want that like the where you want it to be about the game and not the people at the table then you need to find a different group, right? Yeah, this find is almost, a group this, that the, also has that mindset. Yeah. I think it's, this is almost like a, a, a this. This sounds like a group of people, a friends that are playing this game. And so, like, yeah, when you when you get friends together, you're gonna actually chat and talk and bullshit, right? But <laughs> invite your enemies. <laughs> yeah, find three people you don't like. <laughs> it's it's more like play with some randos at at your local game sh- game store, right? Like you're probably not going to have that same connection, but you'll still have that spirit of competition and all that. So, if if you're if the priority is to play the game and to play the game to their best ability, then maybe your friend group isn't the best way to do it if they're not taking it as seriously as you are. I, I like the the first answer was get over yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping we'd say that in sync because I, I saw you being like, "Oh my god!" Oh, <laughs> this guy. I mean, I'm glad that you read my face. Like you knew immediately. Oh like, yeah, Dylan's I'm with this guy. you. I was right there with you. Do you think that if Kyle were here, he would be like the one uh, on the other side of this question? I don't think so. Maybe more than us, but like I don't think he'd be on the other side. 
No, Maybe. Kyle. Kyle would say this. Need this dude <laughs> stupid. Like absolutely. He's the Euro guy. He'd be so like, I was what, just what is games without chirping around the table? He'd probably say that one of his friends submitted that question. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one talking around the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other day, he, what did he say? He went up to let his dog out and hung out with him. Waited till he pooped. Came back downstairs, and it still wasn't his turn or something. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's that's for, that's for that group. That's those kinds of people. All right, so our next question, we're going back to movies, is advice potential issue when at movie theater with friends. So my friends and I are all talking, having a genuinely good time as we are walking into the movie theater. We use the bathroom, buy our popcorn, etc., and then walk into our specific auditorium. As we walk up to the stairs, we find the right row for us to sit in, walk down the aisle to our reserved seats, and whatever order, whatever order we happen to be in, it's the same order we are in when we sit down in our seats. Now, here's the thing. If you happen to be at the front or end of the group, then you likely got an edge seat, where instead of having two neighbors, you have one. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but this can sort of blow, especially if you're not as close as with the guy you happen to sit next to. This definitely oh, doesn't <laughs> Did Josh write this one? <laughs> Listen, I got stuck at the Indian Barbie. <laughs> This definitely doesn't ruin a movie or anything like that, but it can be re- it can really bother really bother me. I love how Kitty started laughing at it before he even finished the scene. Uh, guy, he flipped this- my wife eight times. It really bothered me. This question asks you doesn't want to be that guy who has to switch seats, but doesn't know a different way to approach it. What should they do? <laughs> Just stay in your seat. Max, do you, do you want to say it with me? Yeah. Get One, over here. Oh. Get away. We'll do it. We got this. One, two, three. Automatopoeia. Oh. <laughs> Wet diaper. No, no but I, really, get over yourself. Yeah. This is I, ridiculous. <laughs> is this a of, real question? Of all yeah. of the, like, like first world not a problem problems i've ever heard it's i walk in with my popcorn after and to be fair most of this question is just him describing walking into a movie theater for (laughs) for like most of the paragraph is not about the question at all it's like oh we went to the bathroom and like with my i got my lemonade in a large (laughs) cup with light ice We walked into the, the the movie. It was black in there. Yeah. The stupid Regal Cinemas commercial was playing, and I said, "Hey, you guys!" Yeah. <laughs> I cringed not once, but twice, but thrice. I edited down this question quite a bit too, just to Did get to really? the to the core the heck? of it. Yeah, it was very descriptive. If I'm going to answer this seriously. You are probably the only one in your friend group who cares as much about this. So, like, stagger yourself to the position that you want to be in when you're walking towards the theater. No one's going to suspect anything because no one else yeah. is thinking what you're thinking. Yeah. Because no one else is a psychopath. <laughs> Listen, I am someone who left Gen Con to attend a 70 millimeter <laughs> IMAX screening of Oppenheimer. I care a lot about, like, where I sit and all that stuff, and this is still too much. It is just just doesn't make any sense. You have you have three options. Do what Jash said. Just just zipper in. No one's gonna care. Or if it really bothers you, <laughs> just ask. Just be like, hey, 
can I sit closer to the center of the screen? Because I like, that's my preferred seat. And if they say no, who cares? If they say yes, good for you. It doesn't matter. Like, this is such a... Yeah. A third world, a first world problem. Like the, you're not even supposed to be I, talking during movies, so it doesn't matter who you're sitting by. Like, I think we should really try to solve this question, though, for the question asker. And I would say we need to passively, aggressively um, try to figure out how we can do this. And I think that's basically by assigned seating nowadays. You can just pick your seat. Yeah. Buy buy them in groups. You, you basically buy all the tickets for the group. Yeah. You say and- you get this ticket. You get this ticket. And guy, I don't like. Oh, you get this so, ticket. So what I'm what he said though is like. They're not paying attention to the assigned seats. They're just sitting wherever they walk in together because it. they have that. You, you got exactly. you got to be that guy that says that. Oh no no no! You're in D six. No, mm-hmm. this we, we, no we swap. stand up. Go get the manager and be like, this person's in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I have it right here. <laughs> I like that better. That's good. Okay yeah. okay. No, so, uh, the closest that I've ever experienced to this was uh, like. Like when we're in a group, Emily prefers to sit in the middle of the group because she hates sitting by potentially random people. Yeah, so does uh, and I'm like, I don't care. Doesn't I will me. sit by random people. Uh, and there's, it, I've always heard that there's either the person that hates sitting by people, or you're that person that people hate sitting by. <laughs> and so, like, I guess I'm that guy. But uh, no, I always like if Emily gets the row. I, she just taps me on the shoulders like, hey, can we switch? And I, I will go. I'm like, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Use your words. Don't make a Reddit post and ask random people. Just put on your your big big girl, big boy panties and your do, wet diaper. do whatever you got to do. Put on your wet diaper. <laughs> put on your wet diaper and ask. So in, in like two to three weeks, we're going to get a message that was like, well, not a message. We're going to see another Reddit post that was like, I went to the movies with my friends and my friend asked me to switch seats with him and it really bothered me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right. So our next question is a bit this is more. my favorite podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just do this from now on? <laughs> just dunking on random redditors yes i don't think we can dunk on this next one so much this one's called letting kids win challenge accepted oh let's dunk on those kids <laughs> i have three sons that i game with five eight and ten i try to play games with them that they can compete on on an even playing field or a straight co-op but there are times when we'll play something competitively in which i'll ha- have an advantage from one reason or another they're very win focused at this stage while i want them to have a good time i also want them to learn how to think critically so when you play games in these situations, do you pull punches or do you send them to slaughter? Straight to the shadow realm every time. If Kyle was here, <laughs> that's what he would say. I think he does not let up against his daughters. Really? Oh, I think so. He always says that. Now, whether that's like Kyle putting on his, his big boy face or whether that's true, I don't know. But yeah, he big always says face. that he just he beats them down in, do- in board games. I do feel like there's a difference between like letting them win and like try harding though. Like you could probably take like a less optimal path, but not completely throw the game, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've been doing something with my daughter. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know where you heard this from, but that the idea is basically before you play the game, I think it should be a game that they know and are familiar with. You say, Hey, do you want to play me on easy, medium or hard? So easy is just like you're, I'm gonna throw the game, you're gonna win. Oh, I love medium that. is like I'll probably play less optimally. I may win, but you'll probably win. And hard is like I'm putting on my mom, my big white pants, and we're gonna go. <laughs> um, so and I, I find it actually does work pretty well. Like um, 
uh, usually like well, a game like Dragomino, like she usually like we're playing a few games in a row. She'll start by saying, "Hey, play me on easy," um, and of course she'll win. And then she'll okay, she'll level up to medium, and then she'll and lately now she wants to play me on hard, and she like well, Dragomino. There's enough luck in the game that like um, even on hard she can still beat me. But um, that that's that's how I, I've approached it lately. Um, it's worked out pretty good. So I think that's really smart. Um, this is honestly a question that I don't, I don't really know the answer to. And I mean, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but because I've had my daughters kind of closely together, like I've not really had a moment to like play a game with Ellie, just Ellie or Ellie and Aria or something where it's like, we actually have that kind of downtime. Cause it just doesn't really happen, unfortunately. But even if I did, I'm not sure how I'd approach this. Uh, I think your response is a great one. Uh, I definitely don't think. I would I would not be, you know, someone who just absolutely lets them win everything and just doesn't do anything. But at the same time, I wouldn't put them in their place or anything like that. So uh, I definitely think that it probably depends per kid, too. You might have kids that it really bothers them when you, like, <laughs> let them win. But you might have kids, too, that really bothers them when they lose. Uh, so I think it's kind of just know your children. Um, but I really like your idea, Kenny, letting them decide kind of like how they want to handle it. Like, look, if you want this to be an easy walk in the park kind of game, that's what we can do. We can do that. There's no problem with that. But just know that you're playing on easy, you little pansy. Like, whenever you want to come back, <laughs> play on medium or hard. If you start smack-talking yeah. me, then... I, yeah. I think, as a person, again, who does not have kids, but uh, this one I actually do have kind of an answer for because I work with kids a lot. Um, and I know the kids that grew up with family who did not let them win. And I know the kids that grew up always winning and I cannot stand playing any games or organizing any games with kids whose all they know is winning because when they lose, they're an absolute turd. And so <laughs> I would say never, ever take the path of I'm always letting my kid win. Oh, you're so good at this. Oh my goodness. You're amazing at this. Because they're never going to get better for one thing. They're never going to learn. And then on second, second, then they're going to have this arrogance and that they're not going to like losing is a good thing. Losing is a very good thing. I'm doing great then. You, like, it, <laughs> You're really it, good at mythic mischief, Josh. I, <laughs> I think I think losing teaches you like not only how to get better, like turn around and get better at the game but also how to be humble. And I'm saying that as a person who also is very competitive at times and does not lose always the best, but I will, I, like, I cannot stand, I cannot stand the types of kids that like, they're like, I, Oh, I should have won. And it's like, no, you, you played horrible. Like you absolutely shouldn't have won. <laughs> the kids like, how dare you move up the peacock to the end of the track? You <laughs> jerk. That's, that's not how this game's supposed to go. Teaching a kid how to lose gracefully is very hard, though. Um, yeah, because like they get so wrapped up in winning, and just that is like their focus. Like try to te try and teach them the lesson of like we play to have fun. We we're playing to spend time together. That is like it is it is harder than you think it would be. But I, I mean, it all depends on the kid, right? But um, yeah, in my experience, like teaching, I think it is essential for the kids to know that they're going to lose, and help, teaching them how to like do that gracefully. Um, so it doesn't ruin the experience for other people at the table. It's a, I mean, for, for, it's a daily struggle still. 
uh, in our house, but <laughs> but it is it I, is it, it is difficult. So I think you got to set them up because if they're going to be in any sports, like one day they're going to face that ten and zero team that's going to come in and crush them all their hopes and dreams, and they're not they're not going to be able to cope. With no, it. they're going to be on the ten and zero team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Transfer schools. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I will say, I mean, I haven't experienced this yet, but not even just with kids, but like anyone, if you're trying to get them into the hobby for the first time and you're just killing them every single time. That's true, too. Yeah. They're not going to like it. You know, it's like uh, a different hobby. If you were into fighting games and you had someone play with you and you chose your super great character that you're great with every single time, they're not going to have fun. So you might pick your off character that you don't know. And like, you still know how to play the game. So you're probably still going to be like, you might probably still win, but it's going to be closer and it's going to be more exciting. And it's going to make them Mm -hmm. want to play more because there's a gap that's closing. That's narrowing. My dad used to play video games with us uh, when we were growing up and Sam played against him. Uh, using some character in Dead or Alive 2 or whatever that did like this cartwheel attack. Uh, and my dad did not. And Sam literally just pressed the same button 50 times <laughs> until my dad's character was knocked out. And he was like, well, I'm done with this. <laughs> and <Yeah>. he never <laughs> played video games with us again. Ever. So uh yeah, don't do that. You rage quit so hard that yeah. you never played again. Yeah, he he went to get cigarettes after and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, I saw him at the gas station the other day. That line's just really long. Oh, okay. Twenty six <laughs> years long. <laughs> oh. oh man. I need to talk to him about that. I wanna I wanna hear his perspective on that. Over a glass of bourbon, I'm sure he'll share the story with you. All right, so our next question is weird, but I think we're very well oh, qualified yes. to answer this. <clears throat> I'm 14, and I live in the UK. Again, very qualified Did to answer this. this? <laughs> <laughs> I booked four seats to see It Chapter 2 this Friday <laughs> release night. I don't know why they're both it. Is this um, the same person? Oh, wait, no, the other person <laughs> didn't want to see it. Never mind. That was also the first that I tried to get in to see the scary stories last Friday and was denied entry and they asked for an ID, but I hadn't booked tickets. I just walked up with my older sister and friend who's one year younger than me. Any advice on getting to the cinema if I'm not old enough and I've already booked it and I'm going with my dad and two siblings. So basically we need to give advice on how can he sneak into the movies to see Wait, the, the They wouldn't let him movie. go You're going with, with his your dad. dad. Yeah. Is UK more strict? I think so. Yes. It sounds like in the UK, even if you, you go with your your parents uh, you could still be denied entry bruh just get older yeah let's take the data the equation though yeah and i think the the crux of the question is how do you sneak into the movies when you're a kid to see the naughty stuff i just want to say props to this 14 year old kid for getting into the university of kentucky uh go wildcats um okay but let me think of my answer i I got i got so there are some important factors here um how tall are you If you're small and you know two other friends that are about your size and you got a big trench coat, what you do is you you stack each other three high and then you put the trench coat on. Oh, wait, that doesn't help the ID thing. But if you're tall, maybe they won't ask for it. Fake mustache. But then the wet diaper is going to get on my shoulders. I think think the biggest thing here is like, 
I I didn't realize that anybody even got carded anymore. Like, not once has anybody been like, oh, that dude's not 16. Dude, you're I was 29. Like, I know, I know. I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, you have to look old enough to, like, avoid even the suspicion. So if you have, like, I don't know, uh, some some hair that you could glue to your face. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, some lines you can draw on your forehead, because I have those lines that show all the time. Listen, um, I think that this is, I think there's, like, two parts to this answer the first part is i think this used to be a much bigger problem than it is now with streaming services and stuff like that like Mm. if you don't catch it chapter two in theaters my guy or girl it'll be on paramount plus in two months like it is what it is at the same time listen maybe this is bad adulting and bad parenting but like if your dad is cool with you going your parents is cool with you going I'm all about trying to figure out a way to sneak in there. I really don't care. I don't, you get a fake ID, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter to me. It's a movie. I think you're going to be just fine. Phone, get on your phone, and as you walk in, be like, stock, stock, stock. Market, market, market. <laughs> yeah. And, be, and then like, just hang up the phone and be like, oh, it's the job calling yeah. again. You know how it is. Long day at work. <laughs> Working my nine to five. Yeah. Uh, sir, it's a matinee. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so That's I've played. Break. I've played a handful. I've done a handful of stealth in video games in my day. So uh, recently, I've been playing Baldur's Gate three. So what you should do is you should split your group and have someone talk to the ticket counter at an angle that faces them away True. from you, and then kneel yeah. down and walk behind them into the door, and they shouldn't see you because they should be distracted. Or, or if you've played a lot of Skyrim, just crouch. Just crouch. Yeah, Put crouch. a bucket on their head. What I, you have to do is okay. In old Elder Scrolls, you had to just crouch and go against a wall for like hours on end. You tie a rubber band to your controller so you can just level up your skill passively. And by the end of it, you're you're a sneaking master. Yeah. Boom. They won't see you. Or you could do like other stealth games and throw a rock like around the corner of the ticket office, and then they'll have to leave the ticket office to go see what it is. And then while mm-hmm. they're distracted, you just go in easy just don't just don't be seen because then they'll yell you never should have come here yeah and don't bump into anyone that's instant suspicion bump bump sir why are you crouching by the trash can dang it he saw me (laughs) i'm trying to take the lid and clip through the wall it's okay just go back around that building it'll be like oh it must have been the wind yeah Yeah. okay question for you guys uh did when you were younger did you often sneak into see like r-rated movies Never. No. Never? No, I'm a, a good, good boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Josh is a good boy. Doolin was a good boy. <laughs> I, I, I oh, honestly yeah. don't think I did either, but I think it's also because I didn't, I didn't really, there wasn't any R-rated movie I can think of growing up that I absolutely wanted to see, so I don't, I don't think I did. Yeah, yeah, well, there probably weren't that many R-rated movies in the 50s, though, were there? <laughs> <laughs> They hadn't come out with that rating yet. <laughs> there, there's like a distinct sound there, and that was the sound of me dying. So, thanks. thanks. I saw The Hangover with my brother in theaters when I was like 14, and I shouldn't have been able to go see it then. Maybe not The Hangover. I saw some sort of R-rated movie with my brother when I was younger, but like I didn't sneak in. They just... I was with an adult, so they were like, right. okay, whatever. Yeah, um, I'm sure I went to several R-rated films with 
someone who was an adult, but like I never snuck into a theater or anything. Wish yeah, I would have. I, I only watched one R-rated film before I was allowed to watch R-rated films, and that was The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> that shocks absolutely <laughs> nobody. Snuck in there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, this is off topic, but I happen to know my answer, and I'm hoping you do too. What was your first R-rated film? Passion of the Christ. Other than that, though. <laughs> oh, um, hmm. It was probably a TV edit of a of an R-rated film. Mine was Gladiator. I remember seeing Gladiator. Here's a question. Is Child's Play R-rated? Because if it is, yeah, I saw that when I was like five. And yeah, that would Why? be my first You one. saw Child's Play at five? Why they five or do six. That? I don't know. Something like Why? that. Why? Uh, it was on TV. Well, that automatically, yeah, diminishes the... Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, they're going to take out all the bad stuff. You literally were just watching like a doll. That's it. <laughs> and it terrified me. It, scar- it scarred me to today. I can't. I, I hate wooden puppets. It's like my least favorite thing. Um, my first R-rated movie, well, in a theater especially, was Cliffhanger. This I don't, you guys won't remember this, but it was like an old Sylvester Stallone movie about like uh mountain climbers, and it was it is an R-rated movie, and it actually kind of affected me quite a bit because there's a lot of violence in that movie. Um. And I was probably seven or eight. It was probably a little bit too much for me at the time. But yeah, man, I thought movie. I watched my first R-rated movie pretty early. I think I was ten. But like mm-hmm. y'all are like ah five, seven. In my yeah, I mother's I, womb, I remember very much listening. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I look back now. I'm like, why did my mom take me to go see that movie? That was yeah that was in theaters bad. especially. Like yeah, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I looked up looked it up. It wasn't the Hangover that I saw. I, I did see the Hangover in theaters, but the movie I'm thinking of is Step Brothers, um, and that might be the first R rated movie I saw, at least in theaters for sure. Isn't that PG thirteen? No, it's rated R. Mm. It has testicles in it. They're not real. I mean, but... I'm rated R too. Yeah, at least that part. The I I'm I'm just remember I watched a lot of movies at home growing up. I think. The first one I saw in theaters might have been like a war movie uh, or something like that, because a lot of those were rated R. But like, uh, I think it it would be close between Child's Play and like Saving Private Ryan that I watched when I was a kid. I watched uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. I think I watched that before Step Brothers. Nice. That's, That's a very you movie. <laughs> All right. So our next question is advice on encouraging passive gamers to play more often. Like, probably everyone here, I love board games. I don't even care about winning. I just love the aspect of playing a game with friends. Fortunately, I feel like everyone I know that is into board games is more of a passive gamer and loves them in theory, but doesn't really play games that often. Whereas I could be happy playing a game every other day. Um, Are there any ways you can think of to encourage others who like board games to integrate playing more regularly into their week? Snacks. Invite them over for a board (laughs) game night and say you're going to have snacks. Honestly, yes. Yeah, that's actually a, a genuinely a very good uh, suggestion. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Provide what do you food. <laughs> hey, uh, Doolin, Kenny, uh, I think we're just kind of like passive gamers now. So I think on Tuesdays, uh, Josh is going to have to bring us snacks if we're going to we're going to come. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's your house. <laughs> what do you mean if you're going to come? Listen. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> hey, do you know what? Do you, do you know what snack that I've been into lately? On the chip aisle, I saw with like the Pringles cans that they have like Cheeto brand cheese balls now. They're fantastic. I love them. You're allowed to eat that. 
Yeah, they're just Cheetos. I think it's, it's made corn. from corn. It's corn. It's corn. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, if you could meet them at the at the uh, driveway and valet their parking, that would maybe make them feel a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, more special too. They'll feel like a VIP. <laughs> um, I, so I think like a serious answer to this question is. I think like a mistake a lot of people fall into when they first get into the hobby is they try to convert all of their current friends into becoming board gamers. And that can only take you, usually that can only take you so far. That's something I try. I, I did when I first got into board games, yeah. like, like all my friend group, like let's play board games. We, let's you, you kind of like this. We're into this now. Yeah. And like, it works to a certain degree. Like, but like if you want to start playing like the heavier stuff or you want to play like more, like you kind of have to find friends that are outside of your board game group, outside of your friend group, who are your like board game friends and like you can you know that's that's how you kind of um participate in the hopping that way i would have so. never been friends with jash or doolin if it weren't for board games <laughs> you said that sarcastically but like <laughs> but we actually were, we, we went to college together <laughs> and, <laughs> and never hung out, out until after college it, it was uh it was a big help uh i i, I met max online playing destiny and that was about that's yeah, that was what I knew about Max was that he was really, good and we just like knew about each other. It really was yeah, weird yeah. games that that like made us become friends. But it was meant as a bit, but it was also true. <laughs> yeah, like like honestly, when I moved out here, to Kentucky, like I because I do have friends out here that moved out here as well, and they all kind of like board games. But like I kind of knew like, well, you know, if I really want to, I got to find other people who are equally into board games beyond you know as passionate about it as I am. And so, you know, I found you guys. So it all works out, you know. Kenny, I have a question. Did you know about Table Knots before or after you moved? Uh, after, well, I moved here. When did you, when did you guys start? November 2020? of 2020. 2020. Okay, I, 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 moved, I moved out here before you guys started, so. Oh, okay. I was going to make a joke that you moved out here to become friends with us. <laughs> 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 but it didn't work. No, I The timeline watching, isn't correct. I started watching you guys, um... And then I I realized that like Max is wearing like a Louisville shirt. And I was like, oh. And then I did did a little research, and it's like, oh, they they live uh in the area. So yeah, I'm glad you did that, Kenny. Yeah, I mean, look you, at us. Hey, let's go. Who did that? Who did that? Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do want to say that um, if you're finding new friends to play board games with, and one of them just seems really annoyed whenever you're having fun and talking at the table. Maybe take a pass on that one. Yeah, he's a redditor. <laughs> the worst kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this is one's going to be targeted at a certain someone here. Oh Uh-oh. god! It's me, isn't it? It's me. All right, this one's called. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but feel ashamed for my movie taste sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Doolin, we're safe. <laughs> we're safe, Doolin. Josh, did you write this one? <laughs> no, uh, right. certainly not. Does anybody have any advice to avoid that? Sometimes when I go into certain chat rooms, excited to talk about movies, I see some people dogging away some of my favorite favorites, and sometimes I feel like I should be ashamed of liking those movies. Sometimes <laughs> when I bring them up, I also get downvoted and judged for them when I say they are some of my favorites. Does anybody know how I could avoid that shame I feel? I've got two words for you. Two words. Stay off Reddit and embrace it. <laughs> That's like seven. Embrace it. Embrace it is the core two. Kenny, are you on the actual Reddit post right now? 
Or did you just uh, copy I can paste pull it? it up, yeah. I, I can pull it up. I wanna I I'm curious if in the comments he says what any of these movies are. Because my immediate uh. thought <laughs> is to be like, bruh, just do you. But I kinda wanna know if I agree with the people that are <laughs> yeah, telling that's, him. that's fair. No, I actually don't think he actually lists any movies that make himself feel ashamed. Well, actually, yeah, I'm looking bodies, at bodies, 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 <laughs> La La Land, Possession, Is bodies, 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 one Babylon. of your favorites of all time. I no, really it's just one that he gets it. crap for. Yeah, I get crapped on a lot for oh, it. Okay, okay, it's. I think it's actually he's talking about like Marvel movies. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm with him then. Yeah, there's so many there's so many people that love those. Like, dude, it's okay. Nah, screw yeah. that. Maybe he's like the one person in a, a sea of maxes, you know? Right. You're just in the wrong circles, man. It's like, oh, my favorite movie is Thor The Dark World. <laughs> oh, well, Thor. yeah, if that's the case, it's like, ooh. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, as much as we give each other crap, I think that just, ha- like, own your, own your crap. Like, if you like something, just, just own it. Don't worry about what other people are saying, like. Uh, for the most part, unless it's like super, super yeah. weird. And, and like if you're aggressively illegal. trying to get people to your side and it's not happening, that's fine. You can still like those movies, even if other people don't. Max does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Sure do. <laughs> it's true. This is my lived experience day in, day out. It's all good. They lived experience. I, I think a key thing, if we're going to teach people how to avoid like confrontation is because uh, this is the thing that Max says all the time, and it always pulls me in. Because I was, I'm like, always, I'm always on team Max. You do you. But then he uses the phrase, "I don't know how someone could dislike this movie." And I'm like, oh well, now I gotta get it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seriously used that phrase. Maybe not seriously, but you do use that phrase. I think we used it when we talked about Spirited Away earlier. So. <laughs> literally this episode check the tapes no 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 but it's not that i let me clarify i had to do this with possession too it's not that i can't fathom people not liking it i think that jeff saying it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen is literally objectively incorrect and there is that is just that that makes zero sense if you say i didn't like it i didn't connect that i'm like yeah i disagree with you but like i okay you're allowed to have that opinion it being one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Okay. Are you sure about uh, that? I can I can see that, though. Because, I mean, that movie... Are we, we're talking about The Possession, right? No, Spirited Away. Oh, Spirited <laughs> Away, okay. Spirited okay. Away. Yep. Spirited Away, I don't get Possession. I'm like, eh, I can't guess. I still wouldn't get it for Possession <laughs> if you said that, like, that is a absolutely deplorable movie. But if you were like, I hated it, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get hating it. But I don't think it's deplorable, terribly awful either well i'm gonna dig back into the, that uh possession you know my intro today almost was like oh all five of us are here again this is our second review of possession <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost did that and Don't then worry, kyle everybody. i believe kyle's internet yeah. saved you from our oh, second possession episode is, have we hit everything for our podcast bingo we've definitely we talked babylon hit. and anime and, and marvel and marvel we did and it. bodies 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 <laughs> oh, we also hit uh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, we uh, hit Kyle. That's oh, true. Yeah, we hit Nala too. <laughs> Guys, what an episode! Three point five. Kyle should miss more often. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Kyle. No one laughed at that. It was supposed to be Listen, a joke. I mean, Kyle might miss more often if he's never going to upgrade his internet. That's true. Columb bad internet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Columb bummer. <laughs>
<laughs> Call him Bummer. I have one more question we can go. This one's a bit more serious, though, but... All right, serious can, face on. I, I got the serious help. wet diaper now. All right, this is a bit, bit longer, too, but... We started playing random board games regularly with a group of people at our uh, friendly local game store. They are all very friendly, outgoing, and welcoming. We've played many board games together, and it's always been a good time. There is one person in this group, though, who is very abrasive. I don't think he means to be, but he will sigh loudly if rules aren't explained or if someone questions a rule mid-game. For example, if someone asks, wait, how long is the round? He sighs loudly and tilts his head back, into pro back in protest. We have a few people who... Oh, that's really bad. We have a few people who are mentally disabled in our group, and he complains when they take a bit of time to read their cards. Oh my Ooh. gosh. He misses things about people and says, if someone wants to add a fun rule to the game, he acts like it's stupid. We played a game in which we make artwork and get points, and for fun, one player wanted us to say a little something on our work of art. This player literally said, it's algori algorithmic artwork, it's bullshit, it means nothing. Um, our problem is that while everyone seems to be okay with this, he's ruining the experience for me, and I have no idea what to do. He's not unfriendly, but he's not exactly the nicest per person. He's not unfriendly. It sounds yeah, like he's unfriendly. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, I don't want to confront him alone since I'm not sure how he will react, and I want—I don't want to necessarily confront him in front of the group because I worry that they won't want me to play the, to play. To, they won't want me to play together. He's been playing with the group longer than I have. Any ideas on what to do? Kick him out. Yeah, reading that back, he just sounds like a dick. So yeah, kick him out. I'm just gonna say this, like. If he's challenging mentally disabled people because they're slower, he probably just like yeah. There's like there's no way other people aren't also noticing that. Like they're going to want to also remove him. And if you're the like if you bring that up, like just get him out of there. But in all reality, find another game group. Depending on where you live, that might not be possible. But yeah, I just, once again, it's just I'm so glad. That I play board games with my friends. That we're all friends. And I don't have to game with randos and find a group like that. That's awful. I think it's a challenge of like playing. It's the challenge of having awkward conversations with people you don't really know. Or, you know, people you know, like, tangentially, you know. That that can be really hard. Um, and it's a skill you kind of have to develop over time. Um, or just avoid. Yeah. Just avoid it. Just eat yourself out. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, I hate to break it to you. Um, Tell your group that you're moving to Japan for two years. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then actually do it. <laughs> oh, this is making me uncomfortable. Uh, to be fair, you couldn't be at your house those two years. Yeah. We never really checked. We just believed you. Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, Josh, are you going to edit Last Night on Earth? And I was like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, thanks for listening to this episode of the Board Game Box Office. <laughs> thanks, Kitty, for being the moderator of our uh, completely unwarranted and unnecessary but incredibly fun topic of unsolicited advice. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, let us know. Maybe we'll bring it back in the future. I had a good time answering questions we probably shouldn't have, but it was fun nevertheless. Thank you all for being here. Okay, that was to you all, but all right. And thanks Bye. for listening, everybody. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let uh, here. That was Kyle's internet.